83. My name is A Metz, and I'm here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going? 83. That's a good uh, little joke for you, Chicago area sports radio fans. Uh, episode 83. How how you doing, Andy? I don't get that joke. I don't either. Okay, good. It was it was it was a reference. They used to play a clip of some guy in like a Chicago trivia show saying 83 in a really deep, gravelly voice. Huh. Well, 83 is two years before I was born, three years before you were born, a year before Michael Jordan was drafted. Oh yeah. What else? That was so that was when he made the winning shot in the tournament, right? Oh, you know what I saw on uh, I think it, this was 82 I, but it was um, the the national championship game between Georgetown and North Carolina and Patrick Ewing was playing and Jordan and James Worthy and Sam Perkins it was wow really cool to watch you I saw think, that recently yeah they were just showing it on either ESPN or like CBS or something. I can't remember. Like in place of a game they normally would have had, but oh, don't have any games. I want to watch that. Yeah, uh, you should. Um, I mean, speaking of old basketball, of course, the NBA season is who knows. So yeah. what we decided, and it's unfortunate, but we decided to, you know what? If the season's over, then let's talk about who our MVPs are, who are our award winners. So our top five is going to be our top five MVPs. And of course, we'll talk about all the other awards before that. But before we even get to any basketball talk, be pimp what is in the old whiskey glass today? So I went on a walk to my local liquor establishment um, to get out of the house a little bit. And I found this lovely bottle uh, that you can see. Whoa, 1792. I almost bought that. Oh, that would have been funny. Yeah. I just, it caught my eye because it is kind of, it's kind of a nice bottle. It's got like a burgundy uh, palette and then there's a gold top on it. It's very classy looking. Um, it's also a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, which I like. It's a small batch and it says it's named in honor of the year Kentucky joined the United States. So it's got a history to it. I, if I'm not mistaken, that whiskey has won some awards too. Does it show it on here or do you know that? From... I don't know if it shows it on there, but I think I saw it on some some website or something. Ooh. Also, this is a cork. I thought it was a screw top. So I accidentally got something very nice here. Yeah, well, I'm curious to know, and I don't want to cloud your judgment by saying it won an award. Maybe it won the biggest boot award. Who's to say? Oh, yeah. But uh, I am curious as to what you'll think about it. So because it is a Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, um, it has to be under 100 proof, right? Didn't I say that in our... I believe you said that once, and I'm going to... Yeah, I, I, I believe that was the case. So it's 93.7 proof, so it's getting oh, close. That's a weird amount. Yeah. The color is... I'm, I'm drinking it um, neat today, actually. Um, and the color is pretty typical. Maybe a little lighter than I normally expect with bourbons. Mm -hmm. um is that a woodford reserve glass or what's the first word it is woodford it is reserve woodford. very nice this happens for some reason to be my go-to tasting glass let's see mm, the smell is very pungent kind of 
it's like a strong right when you smell it kind of punch and then kind of sweet and let's taste it can see you're thinking about it i like that you're trying it neat yeah i knew the ice would have melted by the time we got to mine so there was practical reasons but i also kind of like it neat Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do another one so it's got it's got a lot of character to it what's interesting is the so for bourbons normally i expect either it to lean a little bit towards a sweet taste or or not smoky but kind of a uh spicy mm-hmm. like a rye would be but this one was actually like right in the middle um and it's not really picking a side yeah do you want that from your bourbons do you want it to pick a lane or no i usually do so i have to give it i'm gonna do take a page out of your book and do a third sip here just as long as we stop at three because four would be outrageous this is not in character for me, but I'm going to give this the boot. Oh my God. The boot. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that social distancing has really affected your mood. Something about it. I can't, I'm a little disappointed too. Cause I just bought this whole bottle, <laughs> but there is, there's a, there's a, um, the best way I could describe it is what there's a point when you taste it where you expect it to go one way or the other and it just keeps going the way it was going. And I don't yeah. want it to do that. So no. get out of here. 1792. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's, Oh, we've got two boots in a row. Um, but you know what? I, we're not here to prop up the whiskey companies. We're here to give a, an honest take for our listeners. And I think what's important about this one that you're saying 1792 is getting a boot is that people might see that, you know, it's a highly rated whiskey and you're, you're here to set them straight. Or um, they'll have it and they might like it, but for me to give something the boot, I think you know that that doesn't happen very often. So there must be something about it. Yeah, for you to give something a boot, it almost literally has to not be whiskey. <laughs> so this is like something. Yeah, this is uh, this is saying something. I was expecting. I had high hopes too because the bottle's so sleek and like the way it's designed. And I'm like, oh yeah, this, if they're taking this much care for this bottle, it's got to be good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just—I don't know—it doesn't really do anything for me. There's no. It doesn't go one way or the other. I just can't give it the smooth train. Sorry. And just, just to be clear, you didn't accidentally like empty the rest of your like Jack Daniel's sour apple batch into this bottle? Thankfully, no, I did not. That okay. would have been a travesty. All right. 1792 is getting the boot. It's getting the 1790 boot. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, well, the NBA season was abruptly cut short uh, in early March. So there's still probably about a month and a half left to play. So we got to decide based on what we've seen so far, you know, who our award winners are. So let's go through some of the, the, the other awards. Uh, B pimp, maybe starting with, what do you want to start with? Um, what should we go? We'll name the award to each give our picks or just go through our lists one at a time. 
Yeah, we can name the award and go right picks. Let's start with uh, most improved player. This one actually was tough because there were some good candidates. Before I give mine, I automatically will not pick second-year players. Okay, that's fair. That's just one call I made. Third year and up, up for grabs. But second year, I don't do because it's like, of course you improved. And if you didn't, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, but my pick, I decided to go with Jason Tatum. Oh, okay. And he was surging right before the season ended. How about you? I have Brandon Ingram. That's a good pick. I was I was deciding between Jason Tatum, Brandon Ingram, and Bam Adebayo. Oh, yeah, that would have been a good one, too. Um, no, I think that's a great pick. I, I, I think it's always nice to see. It's, it's not just the players that suddenly are playing more minutes, so of course they produce more, but like are just like better. Yeah, he seems... Brandon Ingram just got better. He seems to just have become more effective on offense that like you know like from one year to the next or he it probably is somewhat to do with opportunity but um what about six man six man this one i knew the least about honestly um i i knew i was probably going to go with one of the two clippers players either lou william or montres harrell and i decided to go with lou william i went with montres harrell well there you go we got the two clips I don't uh, think there's much needed there. Like it just, they're really good candidates for that, you know? Yeah. They play a ton of minutes and like, they're really effective players. So that's, that's kind of just how the Clippers decide to play. So it's like, they're the, naturally the two best candidates. Right. Who's your defensive player of the year? Defensive player of the year for me is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. I struggled with this one. Uh, I went with Anthony Davis. Smart. Um, and as our friend Ryan, who we had on the podcast a couple episodes ago, episodes ago, uh, joked to me like, it "Really should be Rudy Gobert because he shut the whole league down." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, he's a stopper. Uh, he's a stopper. Yeah, he really shut it down. But um, and I, Rudy was having a fine season too. Uh, I almost couldn't give it to him because of how like. I know he didn't mean it, but like how like casually he was taking the whole coronavirus anyway. So I'm giving it to Anthony Davis. I think your pick might actually be better though. I just had totally forgotten about Ben Simmons. I just like, I think um, the way the NBA is played now that the versatility that he has is so valuable because he can literally pretty much guard anyone. Um, That's just like, that's what put it over the edge. I think Anthony Davis is in the similar boat where like he can go out on the perimeter if he has to, but Ben Simmons is like, just a faster version of him. So it's, you know. That was a great pick. Who is your rookie of the year? Zion, baby. That's controversial pick, I think. I'm not sure how many games he ended up playing, but like 20 or less. Yeah, I saw enough. That's, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fair. I did go with John Morant just because, I mean, if you're going on a games played kind of basis, he's kind of the only option outside. Yeah. And he's really good, too. He would have been my second choice. Yeah. I I picked him, too, because at least as of the season shutting down, like, he – the Grizzlies were in the playoffs. Yeah. And, and speaking like the Pelicans of, were close, too, but, like – And they also – the Pelicans had played a lot better when once Zion – I mean, when Zion joined the team, came back from that knee injury, like, obviously they're going to be – better because he's so good but also shout out to John Morant's teammate Brandon Clark who um I like his story because he he was at Gonzaga 
But before that, he was a junior college player who had like no hype. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, this guy's going to be great. And watching him in college, I knew. I was like, yeah, he's perfect for the NBA right now. And he's just been really good, too. So Sweet. Yeah, I think the, the Grizzlies have ended up being a lot better than people expected. Yeah. Most people assumed they were going to be like bottom, bottom of the barrel. They got a good coach, it looks like, and they got some really good draft picks in the last couple of years. So, yeah. Speaking of coach, who is your coach of the year? Budenholzer. Excellent pick. Cannot argue with it. But I didn't pick him. I and controversial, I know, because they're not the record's not really that good. But I'm, I went with Mike D'Antoni just because I love what well, I don't love what the Rockets are doing, but I applaud the boldness of just saying, you know what? Our center is going to be like 6'5, and we're just going to roll with that and see what happens. Is it PJ Tucker? Yeah. And they get like, they don't play anybody that's over 6'6. They get, you know, out rebounded, definitely but they just try to make up for it in other ways. And it's like such an interesting approach to basketball. And Mike D'Antoni's always been good for that, but like, this is like taking it to the next level. I do. I have a lot of respect for him um, and just kind of going with his own ideas, but I would like to give a special shout out to the worst coach of the year, Jim Boylan, who is a joke, a laughing stock and should not be in the league. Yeah, and you know, like, we've probably covered it before, but it's it's not just that he is a joke of a coach. He takes himself very seriously, but he also doesn't really have the confidence to take himself as seriously as he wants to. Right. It's, it's, like it's a mix of horribleness. It's almost to the point where it's so sad that I can't make fun of him, but thankfully it's not quite there. Yeah, uh, which is, is nice. Like, so sad I can't make fun of them person is, which came up recently, although by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be a, a bit in the past. But like, you know, Cecily Strong does an impression of Judge Janine Pirro. Yeah. Where she plays her as just like drunk off her ass all the time. It's That's funny, but also sad because it turns out she actually is drunk off her ass all the time and like probably shouldn't be on television. And it's like, maybe she needs help. <laughs> yeah. So at that point it's like, Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. Should we be doing this? Yeah. Uh, but okay. We got to get to the, the real best players, our MVPs of the season. So that's, that's the focus of our top five list. So before we get into it, be pimp, like what were your criteria for what made the most valuable players? I usually, what I like to do is I look at some stats like PER that try to aggregate how well a player has been all around. And then I think about what are they asked to do by the team? How good is the team? How much do I like them? And I put all that together in a jumble in my head and then I come up with my list. Nice. Um, I did not look at PER. Maybe I should have, but I just kind of went with the gut. Um, and before we start, and I want to know before we even start the list, I have a tie for five. Is that even allowed? Yes. Okay. Uh, they're two very different players, too. So without further ado, this is our top five NBA MVPs of the 2019-2020 season. More than four, less than six, it's the top five. All right, so I'll start with my aforementioned ties. I feel terrible about this, but I, I just couldn't figure it out for the life of me. So 
tied for my top five are Anthony Davis, great offensive player, but I thought he had a really good defensive season, but is, you know, the second banana on his team. So I couldn't really put him higher than that. And then the other person tied for the top five is James Harden, who started the season just scoring out of his mind, even though he wasn't ever shooting a particularly good percentage. But uh, I got to give him credit for that. So those are my top fives, or my number fives, I should say. Your tie fives. My tie fives. There we go. Who's your number five? Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets. Interesting. A lot of Jimmy Buckets. I mean, Miami has played well. Yeah, it's that's why it's because um, for all the things like having been privy to his early career in Chicago and seeing a lot of like kind of his personality, and he gets criticized sometimes for being, I don't know, like kind of caustic. Maybe would be the right word. Just like he's a little bit brash about like everybody needs to be working as hard as I am. He's just kind of like a he's kind of like a hard personality, but. I think he's proven, like, when he's surrounded by talent, his team's – every team he's been on is good. Like, he's just a great player, and they're having a great year. Yeah, and I would say, too, like, like yeah, he does have a reputation. He's been to a few different teams, you know, over the last couple of years. But unlike a similar player – well, not a similar player, but another player who's, you know, like, highly regarded as a star who's also done that, like uh, Kyrie Irving – the teams are better when Jimmy is on them. Correct. <laughs> Unlike Not when Kyrie they leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, D-Wolves suck now. Um, Bulls, obviously. Ugh. And Miami's better with them. Philadelphia's worse without him. Yeah, and yeah. it seems like him leaving there was more of just them recognizing that they didn't all mesh, and that's kind of like – I respect that. Like he could have stayed and been like, yeah, we could probably win a title, but if they don't really get along and it was hard, then him going out on his own to like have his own place. Like I kind of respect that. Yeah. I just like, they don't have a clear closer now, but right. 76ers don't. So we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. My number four is Luka Doncic. He has been freaking awesome. And he's the kind of player where like, like Steph Curry is this way too. Like you just see it when they're on the court. They are always the focus of the action. They have like a certain gravity to them as players. Um, and you just makes like for a second year player and not even an old second year player. Like he's 20, I think he's been awesome. And he's why Dallas is, uh, was like a playoff team. Uh, and uh, it's, hard to argue with him just being like a great, great player for them. You'll see why in a moment I'm going to go right into my number four, um, which is not a double dip, but it's Anthony Davis. Oh, if we went the other way, we could have double dipped. And he, that's for kind of basically what you were talking about. Um, he just, it might've been predictable, but he joined a team that has a vision of like getting a certain type of, player having two superstars you know doing what they're doing and they're just doing what they wanted to do so like i think he fits in right there plus like when you consider how the lakers were last year versus how they are this year and like anthony davis being the main difference it's hard to argue with that yeah yeah agreed uh okay my number three this one was hard i mean one and two are pretty clear to me Three was a little tougher. There were a lot of players in that mix. 
I've decided, even though he hasn't played a ton of games, that I might be giving him a little credit for last season too. I'm giving it to Kawhi Leonard. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't include him because I know he's been out a little bit more, and like they have Paul George also. So like, mm-hmm. but I agree with you. And the Clippers started playing a little bit better. I think I'm gonna have to double check, but I think they were the second, maybe third seed when play stopped. Yeah. And regardless of what seed they are, like they're, I think obviously the biggest threat to the Lakers uh, in the West. So I don't know. I've, I've had to go with him. He's a great, great player. Yep. Um, didn't put him on there, but I love Kawhi and I have to give a special shout out anytime I hear about him to his laugh, which is <laughs> maybe the best laugh. Um, he seems like a very end of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, just right. Like when we do the music episodes and you play the clip, it's like here's ten seconds of Kawhi laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, actually, we could do like an hour of Kawhi laughing because there's no <laughs> copyright issues. Uh, but once again, I'm just behind you, but and I think I know why. I think I have an embarrassing omission for my list, but my number three is Luca. Okay. Um, and I wanted to. That's why I held off before, but I do think the reasons you cited are perfectly accurate, but also. He just he has like an uncanny ability to do certain things that I feel like um, reading Zach Lowe's column, he'll pinpoint these, like he'll have gifts of certain moments. And he talks about his ability to throw lobs from like weird positions is like, he's as good as doing that as like Gary Payton was back in the day. Yeah. It's like, it's like some people have that. They can see where somebody's going. They know the people on their team, how they like go up to dunk and he just knows where to put things, where to put passes. I feel like the the combination of like his three point shooting ball handling and his court vision is so lethal of a combination that he's just going to be so good for so long. And also LOL Vladi Divac once again, because of that story about why he didn't draft him <laughs> have to mention it. Oh God. What an idiot. Yeah. Go uh, back and listen to our, our other episodes where I've told it like five times. If you want to hear oh, that yeah. story. Um, all right, my number two is Giannis Attentacumpo. So I know that it's, it kind of assumes a lot of people are going to know my number one, but like I, I know Giannis was the runaway MVP favorite for a long time. And then they played the Lakers and LeBron looked better. And I think a part of this, maybe it's because Giannis won it last season. Maybe it's because he's only playing 30 minutes a game, which is not at all his fault. Um, it's just the Bucks are really good. But I couldn't put him number one. So he, he's firmly a number two, though. Uh, my number two is James Harden. Okay. So I realized this might have been a product of me having watched a little bit less of the NBA right before it ended. But I just feel like I think the criticisms that get lobbied at or get thrown at James Harden are accurate. Like he is, um, he, he does seem to be like a regular season player where like he does take advantage of getting foul calls and almost like in an uncanny way that increases his stat line. But I just feel like that team could be a mess and him. Yeah. And him and Russell Westbrook, like being able to just say, let's make the best of this kind of like, I probably put, too much emphasis on like that part of it but i i think he gets a lot of hate for no reason and i want so i wanted to like put him higher on my list so that's why he's number two i i think that's absolutely fair i think him and russ have worked out better than most people predicted 
And it's because Russ now gets to kind of, now that they actually don't have a center, essentially, Russ gets to do what he does best, which is not shoot three-pointers and just like drive the lane because it's like not crowded at all anymore. So I, I, I sense that Harden is probably not that hard of a star to play with. And the reason like him and Chris Paul didn't work out is probably Chris Paul. Oh yeah. I can see and, that. And people can like shit on Harden for kind of flaming out in the playoffs a lot, but this is a regular season award. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I don't fault you for that. And maybe, maybe for that reason, I should have had him as my sole number five, but eh. past is the past. Exactly. All right. My number one, I'm curious who your number one is now because you left somebody off the list completely and somebody's your number one. So we'll see. But my number one is LeBron James. And part of it is just maybe I'm becoming one of those like NBA fans that like the old guys did it better. And LeBron James is the only player even in consideration on this list who's actually slightly older than me. And I just love after like 17 seasons, he's still getting it done. That's incredible to watch. And the Lakers are the best team in the West. He's the best player on the Lakers. So I, I had to give him number one. So I'll just I, – I, my number one is Giannis. So I obviously left LeBron off. I can't believe if we had gone the other way, we would have had three double dips. Yes. <laughs> and we have none. I know. That's why it's so funny. The whole time I've been like, oh, I'll bite my tongue a little bit. But I, I can't really defend – leaving LeBron up. There's no valid reason for me to not have him on here. Um, he could easily have knocked Jimmy Butler off. He could be there instead of Anthony Davis. But I just, like, this is just my list. And I was like, you know what? Like, I don't dispute the fact that LeBron has been the best player in the league for a long time. But if I'm thinking about, like, who do I want if I was going to vote or something, like, he's just, I feel like at some point, maybe enough is enough. Like he's been so good for so long. Do I want to like give him another MVP? I don't know. I just feel like Giannis is the next generation. And Giannis, like by every, by every reasonable, like way of thinking, whether it's statistical or like, like traditional stats or uh, your nerd stats, or just frankly, the eyeball test, he has been the MVP, but I, I can't fault you for leaving LeBron off. I mean, it's your list. You've got to be true to your list. Yeah, but I recognize the fact that, like, any reasonable discussion of who's going to win the award, he, would, he, he should be there. So it's like, you know, that's just, that's just probably my own bias a little bit. Yeah. You got some uh, honorable mentions? I really don't. Um, I, w- I will tell you one thing that I was surprised by. Um, when I was researching this is that Hassan Whiteside's extremely high up the PER list, huh? which I thought was very interesting. I don't know. Like I haven't been watching as much, but cause the bulls sucked all will to live out of me for an NBA fan. But um, do you know, like I know Hassan Whiteside isn't as bad as his reputation. Cause a lot of it comes from him being like kind of a jerk, mm-hmm. but what has he been that good this year? Or do you think that's like a quirk in the stat? I I think it's a quirk on the stat. And I is his like traditional statistics have been fine, but I they feel empty to me. He was like top ten. Yeah. And that's that's I wonder what his like real plus minus is. Yeah, that's the thing. 
that's what I was curious about. Because I know he blocks like nobody else, but yeah, he's a great shot blocker. But I just don't like. I just feel like with Hassan Whiteside, you like just can't count on him when you need him to. And he's he's not like an efficient player, so I thought that would be no. what PER rewards. He probably has a really high field goal percentage, but right. Yeah, so I don't know. I I'd be curious to look at the real plus minus on him. But I had a a few honorable mentions. Uh, Nikola Jokic, who kind of started the season slow, so that's why he wasn't on the actual list. Damian Lillard, who would have been on the list, but it's just they're the Blazers are out of the playoffs, so I couldn't put him on. Chris Paul, because the Thunder are having a surprisingly good season, and I think he has a lot to do with it. And then I put on Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, uh, because the Raptors have been surprisingly good, and then Jimmy B. Pascal Siakam. Yeah. I like Jimmy Buckets. Um, Maggie calls him J-Butts. Does anybody J-Butts. call him J-Butts? I've never heard J-Butts. I like that. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... I, at a few, but it, again, like nobody that needed to be on the list. Nah, I mean, Jokic, I'm a, I have a very soft spot, spot in my heart for Nikola Jokic, but I, my understanding from watching and like what I had this year has not been his normal self. Like it's since probably December or maybe January, he has been his normal self. It was like the first like November and whenever they started in October, he was like, obviously playing himself into shape oh got it which even his playing himself into shape is like not very good shape <laughs> yeah he, he's one of the few players where you just watch him and he's like god he's just like fat i love it for that reason i do i think i probably like him more than i should because of that but yeah i i guess i hadn't really watched the nuggets or him play all that much but yeah when i watched again i think it was early in the season i was just like my god how does he even play like 35 minutes a game? Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I, I get like exhausted playing like five minutes of basketball. It's a hard sport. It is. Uh, all right. If there are MVP candidates that you think we forgot about, hit us up on our Twitter feed. It's at Whiskey Sessions or email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com. Uh, and of course, we'll read your email on a future episode of the podcast, but we got to get to the emails we have now. Now, uh, so without further ado, these are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. All right, B-Pimp, what's in the old email inbox? It seems like a lot of people have been staying about six feet from me, and I'm getting dirty looks when I sneeze on stuff. Any idea what's going on? <laughs> Nick, this is from Nick, no news, Neapolitano. So does the no news stand for he reads and watches no news? I don't know him, but it appears to be his like brand is that he doesn't pay attention to the news. I'll say this for Nick uh, and credit to him. He seems to be pretty good at eyeballing distances. He's perceptive. (laughs) Even though, even though he doesn't watch the news. Yeah. I'll I'll give him that. Like somebody might say, you know, it seems like five or so or seven feet. They probably wouldn't estimate seven, but like six, right on the money. And credit to the people that are really giving him like exactly six feet of space. The other thing I like about it is that, and I hope once again that we hear more about 
Nick's life because it sounds interesting. But the fact that he's surprised that he's getting dirty looks when he sneezes on stuff because that means he used to sneeze on stuff and people are just like, okay, like that's fine. Does he live again? <laughs> or that was okay at one point? He didn't include his his location uh, okay. suspiciously. Yeah, that is suspicious. Um, yeah, I don't know what to tell Nick. I I even feel like we've kind of talked a little bit about coronavirus on this podcast. So even though we haven't said that much about it, if he listens to the podcast, he'll learn about it. So it's either his first episode or he's so oblivious to things that like he's just confused by what we're talking about. Could be. Or yeah, maybe he just like intentionally tunes it out. He's just, he's like, he's distracted by a butterfly for like the parts we're talking about that. Boy, to be distracted by a butterfly in this day and age. <laughs> isn't, wouldn't that be the dream? It, it, it's Nick's life. <laughs> yeah, that's, he and my eight month old daughter have a lot in common. <laughs> and they're both going to lead this country in the direction we need to go. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, all right. Uh, if you have an email for us, again, send it to us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we will read it on a future episode. But yeah, again, thanks for emailing in, Nick. Uh, that does it for this episode. Uh, be pimp. Do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? I hope I can be distracted by a butterfly. I, I do as well. That sounds like a simpler time and a better life. Yep. Uh, but until next time, this is Amen saying peace out. I'm B-Pimp. Bye. <laughs>